Hello, Once in Future Nerd listeners. Before we get into this week's episode, I have some really exciting news that I want to share with all of you. The first thing is that we are so pumped to announce that we finally have merchandise for sale. All of our awesome artwork from the incredibly talented John Flanagan that you see all over our episodes and in in the album art, uh, we're going to have that on Uh, T-shirts for lots of different body types, hoodies, mugs, beer glasses, lots of cool stuff. Uh, So swing on over to cafepress.com slash T-O-A-F-N. Browse around, find something nice for yourself, for the special fantasy dork in your life. Uh, And it's a great way for you to support the show and show off your love for the show and get some sweet, sweet merch in the meantime. Also... You are about to hear the second to last episode of Chapter 10, and that means the conclusion to Book 1 comes out in three weeks on September 6th, the conclusion of Book 1, and we want as many people to enjoy it as possible. So, to help everyone catch up, we are making full chapter files of our first nine chapters available for free from now through September 6th. At the risk of sounding like a PBS pledge announcer, uh, those are usually only available to our paid Patreon subscribers, but through September 6th, we're making them available for free so that people can catch up. And so if you're behind on the show or if you have any friends who you've been trying to get into the show and, and they have a lot of catching up to do, tell them to go to onceinfuturenerd.com slash promo to get a download link for those files. Now, how are those two things related, you might be asking, which is a very good question. We are having a promotional raffle, and the winners of the raffle are going to get some free merch. So, from now through 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard, on September 6th, if you tell people about the full chapter promotion, you will get a raffle entry. If you do it on Facebook, be sure you tag the Once in Future Nerd page. If you do it on Twitter, uh, tag at underscore TOAFN. And in either case, use the hashtag TOAFN Ketchup, as in, like, get caught up, not the not the condiment. That's hashtag TOAFN Ketchup, and that way you can be sure that we'll see it. If you tell people elsewhere, like uh, Reddit, word of mouth, somewhere somewhere like that, uh, you can email us at yordicprinces at gmail.com. That's I-O-R-D-I-C dot princes at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to count your vote uh, that way. And you can enter the raffle uh, more than once. There's a limit of three entries per platform per person, so, you know, be cool about it. And then uh, two winners will be announced in mid-September, and those winners are going to get some free merchandise from our new store. Also, also, uh, this is our last reminder. We promise that uh, we are nominated for the Geeky Awards for Best Podcast. Uh, So if you haven't voted already, go to vote2015.thegeekyawards.com and you can vote uh, once per day per category. Uh, It's a really cool program, so you should support what those guys are doing. And lastly, we are so flattered to have been chosen by a panel of judges as a finalist for the Parsec Awards, which celebrate excellence in speculative fiction podcasting. Um, nothing for you listeners to do on that one. Just pat yourselves on the back because we never would have gotten this far without you. 
And uh, that is all I've got for now. Uh, we will catch you in a couple weeks for the conclusion of book one, which we think you will find well worth the wait. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I got to go marry the co-executive producer, but I will talk at you soon. And thank you as always for listening. Enjoy this week's episode. The Once in Future Nerd is independently produced. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, visit onceinfuturenerd.com support to find out how you can help. Listening to this show on an iOS device? Leave us a rating on iTunes, please. The Once and Future Nerd Book One, Princes of Jordan Chapter 10, The Evening Redness in the West Episode 3 On the plains outside Castle Gwernatal, Julius Mooncrest had the unfortunate task of planning both a siege and a funeral. He directed arrangements from within his command tent. The engine builders will be here by the morrow? Yes, my lord. Shall we commence the blockade? Yes, do it. But do not commence bombardment until I give the order. I will know when the time is right. Has our page delivered the declaration of war? He has gone, my lord, but not yet returned. Come, let us pay our respects to the memory of my dear nephew. In the labyrinthine tunnels below Castle Guernatal, one of the more uncouth members of Redmore's garrison, which is saying something, had detained a small boy. What's in the purse? The child shook his head defiantly. What's in the purse, you little shit? This prompted the child to clutch the cloth purse in question even tighter. Give it here! That's not yours! Oh, what's this then? He opened the purse and produced a silver coin. You stealing from the gentry? They'll have both your hands for that. I didn't steal it! And they'll have your tongue for lying. It, it was a gift! A gift? Yeah, from Lord Corlin. Don't you know there's a tax on gifts, you idiot? What tax? I'm keeping this and letting you off with a warning. Next time you get a gift and don't pay the tax, I'll whip you silly. Now off with you. The child shot his captor one last dirty look before scurrying off. The guard chuckled to himself. <clears throat> tax on. That's when a hand shot out of the darkness and pulled the guard away. The child was running along another section of the tunnels when a commanding whisper stopped him in his tracks. Wait, child. Who is there? This is yours, is it not? A silver coin rolled along the ground to stop at the child's foot. Who are you? Where'd you find this? I took it from the man who took it from you. It was not his to take. Is this a trick? No, child. Too long have you suffered wanton injustice with no recourse. Ardell Redmore is a wicked blight upon this keep and its people. But now, justice has come, and Redmore shall fall. Are you an assassin? Like the one who killed the king? Ardell Redmore killed the king. But I am not an assassin. 
You can call me the spirit of justice. What, like a ghost? Ghosts ain't real. The man who took your coin will trouble you no more. That is very real. You can wait and see if you don't believe me. What do you want? As I've said, justice. Tell me, child, as I do not know this keep as well as you. We are near the pantry and below the great hall, are we not? Early the next morning, as Ardell Redmore marched towards his breakfast with a retinue of his personal guard, he was frustrated to find himself unable to cease conversation with the castle's ancient head priest. There have been ill omens, my lord. Omens? Troubling signs amongst my more gifted acolytes. This is what could not possibly wait until after my breakfast. As you once said, my lord, the servile classes are prone to superstition and panic. You would not want to be on the wrong side of those base instincts. And why would I find myself there? Well, my lord, if one did not know better, or was hasty, one could interpret the omens as, um, speaking ill of your regency. Are you implying something, your eminence? But of course not, my lord. I don't give a damn what the rabble thinks of my regency. They did not appoint me, Lord Regent. The gentry did. Redmore's guards began the laborious process of opening the doors to the Great Hall. And the gentry have steel. Should it come to that? Oh, dear. And if the guards take issue with how I conduct my affairs, they can sodding well tell me themselves. When Ardell turned to enter the hall, he saw a bloody dagger held by a severed hand and suspended in midair. This certainly caught his attention. Close inspection would reveal the grisly token to be suspended by a thin bit of twine, but this did not lessen the initial shock. Uh, well, that certainly got the bowels moving. At the rooster's call, Arlene and Gwen awoke in each other's arms between a scratchy straw bed and a threadbare quilt at the horse's head in. It was the most content that either woman could ever recall having been. Good morning. Certainly is. <laughs> what is it? I was scared I'd wake up and it'd be all a dream. Good fortune is better reveled in than questioned. As if to reassure her, Arlene placed a soft but lengthy kiss on Gwen's lips. Convinced, my love? Not yet. <laughs> what about the morning's work? It can wait. I finally found a chore I like doing. It was thus that Gwen could not quite contain a somewhat ribald grin as she set about the chores for which Madame Bailey was actually paying her. She knelt beside a gentle stream with linens and a clump of soap and set to scrubbing. 
A rabbit approached the stream, keeping a cautious distance from Gwen and eyeing her with great suspicion. Hello there. Deeming Gwen not an imminent threat, the rabbit drank from the stream. And what are you doing out this time of morning? What you was more for the night? You know, we're probably not all that different. Always looking over our shoulder for ox or snakes or some other nasty thing. My ox and snakes are man-shaped, but it comes out the same. Its thirst sated, the rabbit tentatively hopped towards Gwen and smelled her. No, I, I don't have any food for you. Sweet thing. And don't go around begging. It's unbecoming of you. It's a proud creature what faces everything you've faced. The rabbit permitted Gwen to pet it and permitted itself to relax. Of course, there's advantages to all that danger. Gwen looked around as if to divulge a dark secret, but her cheeky smile belied she was merely amusing herself. I bet you fuck just as often as you can. Me too. The rabbit's ears snapped up. It's every muscle tense. What? The rabbit darted off like an arrow, sprinting away with all its might. Ugh. Why would me Eordan's only prude of a rabbit? That was when Gwen finally turned her attention back to the water. Gods! The white linens were pink as the water ran red with blood. Gwen leapt back from the water to see her hands were blood-soaked too. Fighting back waves of panic and disgust, she crouched low and crept cautiously up the nearby hill to get a better look upstream. As she crested the hill, she froze. The panic was gone from Gwen's eyes, replaced by wholly rational fear. Beside the river lay a body submerged to the waist, spewing blood, and draped in a filthy one-piece garment. No one knows you are here, Gwen. You can go back to the inn and forget all about this. She searched her soul, hoping she would feel convinced. God damn it. Gwen approached the body and looked around to make sure no one could see her. With a heave, she flipped the body face up and gasped at what she saw. <gasps> its skin was grey, not from rot, but a vibrant, recently living grey. She was ornamented with colourful paint, a female orc. When Gwen pushed back her hair in disbelief, she realised that some of the grey had gotten on her hands. <gasps> she plunged her hand into the stream and was relieved to see the grey wash off. Then she realised how little sense this made. Wait. She splashed some water onto the orc and scrubbed. The grey washed off, revealing human flesh tones beneath. What in Selberin? Gods! Gwen dove back with a fright. Please, save. You're tired. Why don't you take a little rest? Then everything will be all right. Not what, Sev? Just close your eyes and drift off to sleep, Sev. I can't save you, all right? You're hurt too bad. No, Sev, child. <sighs> the orc let out her last breath and fell still, 
That was when Gwen finally noticed the cloth bundle wrapped up tightly beside the orc. The nausea of realisation hit her hard. She crawled to the bundle and slowly unwrapped it, knowing perfectly well what she would find. Which brings us back full circle to that which can no longer be avoided. So next, I'm afraid, I must recount to you the gruesome conclusion to the first book of our tale. For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madeira and directed by Christian Madeira. It is performed by Rhiannon Angel Garrett Arman, Dan Dobransky Lily Draxler Anya Gibeon Ian Harkins All Notice Frank Quares Julie Reed Gregory M. Schultz It is co-executive produced by Jess Kelly. Alex Story is an associate producer. The Once and Future Nerd is recorded by Brian Forbes at the Gallery Recording Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with additional audio engineering by Sam Palumbo. Foley sound design and mixing is done by Sandra Ramirez. This episode was edited by Josh Perot. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Additional music by Christopher Montalvo. Thanks for downloading.